This episode of the LLA Show is brought to you by Lifter LMS. Lifter LMS is an online course building tool which helps you turn any WordPress website into your own digital academy where you can train, coach, and educate your community. Look, Mike and I know there are a lot of LLA listeners out there who are strength coaches, personal trainers, health and fitness pros, as well as other current and potential entrepreneurs who are looking to start their own thing, add more value to their current services and products, or who are seeking a way to stop trading time for dollars. So Chris over at Lifter LMS reached out and wanted to sponsor the LLA show. One, because he's a longtime listener and he believes in the holistic, no BS approach to health and fitness that we talk about here on the LLA show. Two, he wants to help quality health and fitness entrepreneurs grow their businesses online. Lifter LMS has already helped thousands of trainers and experts just like you augment their businesses with online courses. Look folks, these courses have the power to unlock the full potential of your expertise, lead you to the freedom that comes with an online business, and expand your impact to a larger global community. Take a look for yourself. Simply visit LifterLMS.com strength to download the Lifter LMS for free. Chris is also offering LLA listeners a generous 30% off coupon for anything in the Lifter LMS store. Simply use the coupon code STRENGTH. So go check it out at LifterLMS.com strength. That's Lifter, L-M as in Mike, S dot com slash strength. Again, that 30% off coupon code is STRENGTH. That's LifterLMS.com strength. Uh, folks, welcome to another week to Live Life Christmas Show. Sincere Hogan and Mike Mahler. And uh, great, great guests on the show today, man. Um, lots of experience and a lot of things that we can cover. That's why we had to kind of start recording now. So we didn't yeah. get into like a uh, Rick DeHastens moment where I just had to start recording because, you know, our guests was just flowing so much. So I'm like, okay, let's, let's, right. let's stop right now before we get it going, man. So yeah. anyway. Yeah. Mike Serrell's here. He's great. And I've, I actually met him at one of Bedros's events back in 2007. That was the first time I spoke and we met there and then we hung out a little bit at the, at the second one, had a chance to get to know each other a little bit better. And I'm a big fan of his work. He has, he has a much different style than mine. And I think that's a good thing because he's able to reach people that wouldn't necessarily be a good fit for me. But one thing we were talking, I wanted to continue the conversation we had before we started recording. We were talking about a lot of younger trainers who just get addicted to going to events and they just keep searching for what they think is going to be the key to unlock success. And it's really not that simple, but I think, I think more than the event being the problem, the event has a lot of good information. I think it's more people being the problem. The expectation is too high of what they think they're going to learn. You learn a lot of good concepts. And like you said, Mike, now you have to put your own personal touch on these things and put it into action rather than getting addicted to the cycle of just continuing to go to one event after another. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, when when, when I talk to these uh, younger trainers, each most, most of these trainers live in different communities, different cities all over the country. And, I, you know, the city of Whittier, California, there's about – there's there's only about eighty thousand people, and and it's a you know it's a smaller community, very close knit, and so when you when you advertise and market uh, to different individuals or different groups in the community, you have to do it in a certain way, and and a lot of times when right. these conferences and seminars, 
you know, the, the, where, where these people are coming from, they're, it's a different kind of community. And so to me, it's, it's great. Look, I went, I've, I've gone to so many conferences and conventions. A huge part of that is just seeing friends and, and, and just, you know, call, colleagues that I've gone through uh, the last, you know, few years in my uh, fitness career. Um, but at the same time, like you said, my, you know, guys, you, you still have to hustle when you get, when you get back into your community. You still have to, uh, you know, deal with different individuals and, and, and know how to, how to advertise and market your business within your community. And I, to me, that's a huge part. Yeah. Yeah. I also think, I think another issue is not just, you know, these trainers who are addicted to going to these conferences and, you know, just like riding off that high for that weekend and then coming off that high when you get back home. But another one of those issues is also the dope dealers serving that high. And that's a lot of the speakers who really sell this, this thing like, oh, you need this one thing and you do this one thing and you become, you'll get six figures and blah, blah. And so a lot of these guys who are just coming into the game, when they hear these things, man, they see these guys who are like posting these pictures, posting all the successes or their pseudo successes online because again we don't know exactly what's really going on once they get back home these these top-notch trainers and speakers and everything else but they're selling this lifestyle to these guys who are just coming in and so i think it really so everybody's kind of complicit in this not just the the, the attendees but also the ones putting on the conference because again the main reason that they put on these conferences is to sell and that is to either sell a course that is to sell a, ma- a mastermind program. <laughs> That's to sell whatever product they're going to bring it and, and give at the end of their presentations. Or, you know, rarely do you ever get folks who kind of did what Mike did um, when he spoke at B. Joseph's conference that one time where they're actually just coming actually just to share their experience and then they're out. That's it. They don't have anything to sell after that. You know, that's one yeah. of the things I appreciated. The first time I went to a Ryan Lee event, I remember that first year is like the first time that Steve Cotter and I met face to face. We had like corresponded and became friends online just from me purchasing his products and whatnot. And we stayed in touch. But it was the first time we ever met up. And I just remember at that conference, you know, there were so many presenters that were coming there and, you know, they were just selling, hey, six figure this, you can do this, you can do this, passive income this, affiliate income this. And when they finished speaking and getting everybody amped up, you know, it's like, oh, now you can buy my course, blah, 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 or, you know, consult with me, blah, blah, for the X amount of money, yada, 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 just for the weekend of this conference. Kind of the first 10 people to come up. And you see people running up, stampeding, or damn near trampling over each other to sign up for these courses or whatever else. And it's so funny. Most of those people, <clears throat> a year, like we were talking about before, a year or so later, I saw them again and asked them, hey, what's going on? What's going on with your business? Nothing. You know, I remember seeing some of these folks like you were the first one that like straight up like t- gang tackled somebody and, and and straight up clotheslined someone to be the first one in front of the line to sign up for that course. And nothing's going with your business. And, you know, it was a breath of fresh air when I met Steve because Steve pretty much came and <laughs> Steve was just pretty much like, look, you can tell he these these were not his type of things to be at. But he came, he did his presentation, did a few one legged squats on the table <laughs> and pretty much and he was done and just like he's out and. You know, chatted up with me and my boy Jay for a second. Then Steve was gone, which to me that left a bigger impression on me than any other person that spoke spoke that weekend. I can't even tell you who else spoke that weekend. You know, it's just the fact that I was okay. That's more aligned to what I'm trying to do because Steve pretty much wanted to get back on his plane, get back out to to Cali, get, and start training people again. I was like, that, that's more like instead of sitting here and you want to spend the whole weekend, you know, walking like a rock star amongst like, all these new folks or whatever. And I, I had more appreciation for what Steve was doing, and that's pretty much. I think that just kind of solidified our friendship after that, you know, and it wasn't that hard for me to want to work with him with the IKFF once he started it and, you know, become one of his coaches and, you know, kind of and really learn, you know, just the way he was doing his thing with his, his organization. And then 
using that as a springboard to start my own business. And I feel like that's how you do it right there. Like the best thing about these conferences is just to me, like you guys are just talking about when you guys, you know, would meet up. You, you, um, when Mike and you know Mike and you first met up or whatever, it's just it's the the time in between all those presentations when you're sitting out, you're hanging at the bar and you're talking, and then you kind of weed people out, kind of see where people's heads are really at, and that's when you can kind of get a feel for like oh, and then you can actually talk to these other coaches out there who are getting started and see what's working for them and what's not. Whereas a lot of times, a lot of people on stage are not going to talk about their failures. They're not going to talk about what's not working. They want to tell you about everything, and this magic thing is going to be the thing that's going to work for everybody. Not knowing what's going on in Whittier. They don't know what's going on in Vegas. They don't know what's going on in Houston. But they feel like, hey, this can work for all your markets. You know, and yeah. I'm just giving you the full truth, man. That's what kind of sucked about those things back then. You know, but so you got to be very wired and grounded before you go to these conferences, man, because it's easy for you to, like, come back with – to my – Come on, look, this is a, this is a, a community where you're focused on losing weight. Well, one of the things you can really lose when you go to these conferences is the weight of all your money, <laughs> you know, and all that money you were carrying around before you went to that conference. When you come back, one thing that might have slimmed down after that weekend would be your bank account. So you got to really watch out, man, be really grounded and know exactly what it is you're going to these conferences for. What are you, what are you trying to really learn and narrow it down? And when you come back, man, just take one thing. Hell, you don't even have to come back. You can probably go back in your hotel room or, you know, go to, now we have phones the way we do. Unlike we had back in 2007, you can go in the bathroom yeah. man, with your phone and get busy, you know, right then and there on the bathroom break and start something, you know, from one thing you picked up for free instead of spending $10,000 on a well, I mean, what a, what a lot of people don't realize also is that it's going to take 10 years of concerted effort just to become a good trainer. I'm not even saying a great trainer. It's going to take 10 years right. of concerted effort and no seminar you go to and no amount of, of marketing research Forces, is going to change yeah. that. You right. may be able to make money being a bad trainer, but eventually the truth is <laughs> going to come out because you, your right. clients aren't going to get good results. You're going to have negative reviews. So I don't know anyone who's, who's, who's a great fitness coach, personal trainer, strength coach, whatever name you want to use, who hasn't put in at least 10 years. I mean, 10 years yeah. is long enough to start getting enough experience on what works and how to train people. And you, you go through a lot of failures of what's not working. After with it, but if you stick around for ten years, you're going to be pretty good by that. But that's just the beginning of getting pretty good. Now that's right. a very yeah. sobering statement for someone who just got started. Someone who just got their certification and they're going, man, I'm going to go out there and crush it, and I'm going to right. be a big name in a couple of years. Not likely to happen. But it, and it doesn't matter if it happens because the real goal is you can create a sustainable career that you enjoy for a long period of time. But it's going to take ten years of concerted effort to do anything. I'm not even going to say exceptional because it's going to, it takes even longer than that to do something exceptional to just be good. And I, and I think if you if you're if you're a young trainer or I mean look I I've been doing this for 21 plus years man and I'm I'm still learning I'm still right. learning and right. and that's one of the things I you know I my my clients and the people I work with and the community always say. Wow, you're always you're always you're always doing something different. You have your foundation. You have you have you know you have these set of um, set of uh, you know things that you do at the studio. But at the same time, you're constantly learning. You're trying new things because I don't know everything. And I think the fact that if you're if you're an you know trainer or strength coach or whatever, the second that you actually do have that mentality, like hey, I'm constantly learning. I want to new. I want to learn new things for not just for my knowledge, but also my my clients, or then then that that's how you can become a that's how you can utilize this career as a, as an actual career. You know, it's not just going to be a, oh I'm going to do this for a couple of years and make money and then you know get my 
BMW or Mercedes and then, you know, and then, <laughs> and then just business, you know, and it's like, you got to just put in the time, man. I mean, I work with a lot of co- college, uh, college uh, students too, because I get interns from local colleges and, and a lot of them, that's all they read. You know, it's like, oh man, I want to, you know, that's one of the first questions they'll ask me like, oh, I want to intern at your place. How much do you make, Mike? And I'm like thinking to myself, <laughs> what? Wait a minute, you're not even, you're, you, what have you done? Like nothing, you can't, you you can't even, uh, you, you know, and, and I tell them, I said, well, for for what I've put in all these last 21 years, I probably make like negative five cents an hour. And they just kind of look at me like, look, I'm just kidding. But my point is I could charge $200 an hour, but I put in thousands of hours to earn that. Right. You know, you haven't right. earned anything. And so yeah. let's worry about you putting in work first, you know. So if you're going to intern here, go and, you know, go take the trash out in the bathroom. You know what I mean? Because I still do that once in a while, you know. You got to put in that yeah. time. And yeah. and I think that's what's lacking a little bit now because you're right. You know, everything's on social media. Everything's on, you know, everybody just sees the good things. Like, oh, you know, I made, you know, $3 million well, this you, year. You can create a big following for nothing, right? I mean, on Instagram, people have hundreds of thousands of followers, and all they do is post pictures of themselves, both men and women. Usually it's guys, so here's another shirtless pic, even though you've already posted 500. I mean, how many of these do we have to see? It's like, okay, we get it. You're ripped, all right? You're ripped on the beach. You're ripped on the mountain. You know, you're ripped in the city. We get it. We get it. We get it. You need a clothing drive. We get it. You don't have enough shirts in your clothing. So I think the problem, though, is that when someone has that many followers, they think they're like, wow, this is working. But then how much money are you making? A lot of people have hundreds of thousands of followers. They're not making really much of anything. They're not even making $3,000 a month because you, you haven't created anything. You have no content. You're just you're just putting up pictures of a facade lifestyle and hoping that well, that like, leads to something. There's, there's this other trainer in the community. He's been a trainer for, you know, probably even longer than I have been. And, you know, he's got like... I don't know, 30,000 followers, all right? And so you look at my page, and I have, like, I don't know, 1,600. So this new client says, hey, Mike, uh, I was looking at your, you know, you only have 1,600 followers. Um, and, you know, this other trainer has, like, 30,000. And I go, well, you got to remember, I said, out of that 1,600, 150 of them are actual clients of the studio. Right. And she right. kind of goes, what do you mean? And I said, that's 10%. That's 10% of my followers follow me that are actual clients that we work with on a weekly and daily basis. I said, that's what I want. I don't, you know, I don't care if someone follows me all the way up in Washington, D.C., whatever, because <laughs> this is benefiting me right, you know, in the right. studio. And they right. kind of go, oh. And I go, yeah, those are the follow. I said, I don't care if I have 160, but if each one is my, are my clients. That's all I want. Because that's who yeah. I'm trying to tell a story to and trying to motivate and inspire. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of just so it's the same thing that what you're saying is that yeah. hey, you know, you got to have a following, but it's got to be the right following. You know. Yeah, exactly. That's a great way to say it. It has to be the right following. You can't just have a following, especially for what you're doing. You're you're a local businessman, so you're not. You know, you have do you have products you sell, Mike? Videos, courses, or anything like that, or your business is 100 percent your facility. <laughs> What we do in our community, we have, you know, we still do small group classes, boot camp classes. We have one-on-one. I get, I do a lot of seminars in my community all over, and I go to different but, schools. But, but every, everything is local, so you don't have someone from Washington, yeah. D.C., for example, is not going to come to your website and say, oh, cool, let me buy that ebook. 
Yeah, no, no. Everything, okay. everything's yeah. local. Everything, everything's local at what we offer. See, a lot of people are in the same boat as you. They have these boutique gyms or local gyms, and that's essentially 100% of their income. So having followers in Bangladesh is cool, but it's not necessarily going to help. They're not ever going to come to your gym. If they ever come into town, maybe it'll be useful, but that's unlikely. And at least you can, you know, you can quantify that. You can like look at those numbers. You can see that those people are local. You know, the average person that's going around with 30, 40, 50, 100,000 followers half times don't even know where those people are, where they're coming from. And a lot of times they probably don't care. They probably don't because care. They don't care. They look at that number and they're looking at that popularity contest. That's the reason why I don't follow a lot of people that follow me because this is the first thing I do, especially like on Instagram. If you follow yeah. me, you know, there's this new follower and I'm like, hey, who is this? And I look and then I see <laughs> that they have like 30, 40, 60,000 followers and they're only following 12 people, I pretty much block them. I block them because I know what they're doing. They're doing the bait and switch. What they do is they go and they follow someone. And then what they'll do, they'll like one of your pictures and they'll leave some bogus little comment like, so cool, you know, whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's like, okay. It's Something really generic. Like, look, man, it's, it's, I'm showing a picture of like these 99 <laughs> elephants that just got slaughtered. And then right. your comment so cool. That's a good way to get yeah. blocked. In fact, I block and report people like that. I, that's yeah. for, for spam and yeah. harassment. You know, I'm like, yeah, really? That's really bad. Get, like, okay, really? Come on, dude. And so I, I see that bait and switch, and then I'm... Well, I'm I, what, I, what I don't like is people that... I understand. I mean, you're going to post pictures of yourself. Fine. I post pictures of myself, too, usually with my Mahlerisms. That's usually the point, rather than me just posting a picture of myself for the hell of it. But anyway, I, I understand that's going to be the nature of something like Instagram, because you're, con you're constantly posting pictures. But... There's only so much of that I can take. So in other words, if every day I log in and I'm just saying, here's another selfie of you next day, here's another selfie of me in my car. It's like, all right, that's all you have to say. Unfollow. I don't need to see that every day because a lot of the people I follow are people that are working out hard every day. So every time I look at my account, I'm seeing people deadlifting five plates. I'm seeing people doing weighted pull-ups. I'm like, cool, man. Makes me motivated to want to go to the gym. You know, that's what I want to see when I walk into my feed. I don't need, I don't need to see pictures of. 100,000 different pictures of someone with his shirt off or another ass shot from some chick. It's like, okay, yeah, that's nice. <laughs> you know, how many times do we Get have it. to see this? Though? Get it. You got an ass. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> now go have a seat. Use it. <laughs> Sit down somewhere. <laughs> like I, I tell, you know, when, when, when I, when I talk to these young trainers, I say, listen, it, it all depends on who you're, who you're trying to target to work with you. You know, when, like my studio, we work with just about any age group, you know, and I get a lot of referrals from doctors and things. So I have a lot of older adult clients. And and when I post like my 94-year-old client doing like a squat press, people are like, she's 94. And I'm like, yeah. That's cool. And so, yeah. and, you know, we have clients that are, you know, obese and that are doing their thing to try to improve. Those are the things that I – that I post on social media because that's the kind right. of story and it's the kind of clientele that we work with. Um, yeah. you know, somebody, somebody who's, uh, who's, uh, you know, who's an extreme athlete and, you know, jumping, you know, 75 inch, uh, um, you know, plates and stuff. And it's like 99.9% right. .9 of our clients are not that clientele. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that, even though that looks cool. I mean, you know, <laughs> but, <laughs> it's really who you're working, who you're working with, like you said earlier. 
And those are going to be the people you do work with, right? I think a lot of people have a fantasy when they get into business is they're going to work with professional athletes and celebrities, and it's going to be very glamorous. But the reality is, is the majority of your income is going to be made working with the general population. So if you don't know how to serve their needs, you're going to be out of the loop real fast. And you're really good at serving the needs of the general population. That's one thing I picked up from you when I saw you spoke is you're very, you, you know, it, you know what people need and you know how to motivate people that that are not self-motivated that this is not something that comes easily to them so let's talk about that a little bit we have yeah. we're, we have more obesity now than ever even though there's more proliferation of fitness and nutrition information than ever so there's a real disconnect but you're very effective at getting people from all age brackets, as you just mentioned, as well as people that are obese who don't have a base level of fitness and getting them engaged in this kind of lifestyle. So let's talk about some of the strategies that you have found to be effective. Well, our biggest marketing or advertising tool in the studio is word of mouth, like most like most successful businesses. And we have a core group of people in the in in my studio that are that are motivated but were not before so a lot of times when they tell stories when I interview them or when I post something about them on social media they can they can really get the information out and just the story that hey listen I was in your shoes you know that's why I used yeah. to be 280 pounds now I'm 220 I still have a ways to go, but I'm going towards the positive direction, right? And right. so, that to me, that's the biggest strategy is just, hey, talking to people, interviewing people that have been there, that are currently doing their thing to try to help people. So, that that's one of the biggest things that we do at the studios. We always constantly have, like, little podcast shows. I do little interviews with clients. Uh, I'll post testimonials from actual clients that used to be obese or are still currently obese but still working hard to try to improve themselves. That's a huge factor when it comes to the general yeah. population because somebody who's 280 pounds or 300 pounds, it's hard for them to relate to somebody who's a buck, a buck 50. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, somebody 100%. who's... You know, one of my one of my clients who's you know who's been basically fairly thin all her life, but she just wants to to improve her muscle tone and just stay healthy. She she someone who's three hundred is not going to be able to you know relate to her. So right. it's all about it's all about working with people that that other people can relate to, and I think that's the biggest message. And when when we've had our studio where we're, we're celebrating our 12th year in Whittier as a fitness studio this, this, this November. So, you know, we, we've done really well. We're, we're constantly growing, but that has a lot to do with, with our current clients that are constantly helping us, uh, you know, advertise and market and just tell their story really. Well, that's a smart strategy by you, especially when you talked about how you have actual clients come on these mini podcast episodes Instead of just having one professional trainer after another, which is great too, obviously we have that on our show, but I think that's not relatable to the people that you're targeting, but hearing stories of people that are is highly relatable, especially someone who's lost 50 pounds and maybe they have 50 more to go. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's what, and 
and that's what people want to hear. You know, the ones that that need that type of uh, motivation because. You know, I've and I've been doing this a long time. You guys have been doing this a long time. I mean, I've heard clients say, "Hey, Mike, you're supposed to, you're supposed to be able to do that. You're supposed to, you know, go up that hill. You're supposed to hike that, you know, that six hour hike." Um, but when they hear a story like, "Oh, our 64 year old client actually just finished a Spartan sprint," you know, with us, and they're like, "What? She's 64? Yeah, 64." <laughs> Yeah, we helped we helped her over the wall and things like that, but she's been working hard the last six months to get her body stronger. That's why she's able to finish a race like that. And and so those are the kind of individuals that that we go and help that help us out in the community and help us advertise and market. Not not our studio, but what we do for them. That's that's a huge yeah. factor too. How do you attract these people in the first place? You you said you have doctor referrals, but what kind of marketing campaigns or promotion strategies do you use to get the word out to get these people in? Well, my biggest the biggest thing we do communities we do a lot of pay it forward events, and I know that the last time we spoke, that's one of the things that you know I I go to different schools and 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 you know we raise uh, P equipment for local elementary schools to help these children uh, become better fit. Um, great. And, and we do a lot of paid forward events, local charities. We have, we have events that raise uh, food for local food banks, toys for local uh, charities, uh, clothing uh, drives, things of that nature. So when we do these events, I just meet a lot of people in the community. You know, when the last, the last food drive we did in a two week span, we raised like seven thousand pieces of food. That's fantastic. And we donated it to a local charity, a local food bank. And so we do different events for it. Like we'll do like a one night, like hey, come in and check out our boot camp for free. But you know, if you if you if you uh, if you donate fifty or hundred pieces of canned goods, you get a week trial of MSF Studio. So those are the kind of things that we do is, hey, try out our studio, but at the same time, you're donating to a local charity or local uh, or nonprofit organization. So that's really been our system the last 12 years. We, we, do, we do tons of pay-forward events for local charities. Over the last 12 years, we've probably raised close to 140,000 pieces of food items and toy items for local charities. And so, did you attract media? Do you attract media attention for that? Local news? Do they tend to come out to yeah. some of these events? Yeah, that's what I would imagine. Yeah, we've been on five, seven, nine, six times. We've we've won, you know, some local awards, uh, small business of the year, and things. But obviously, that's all great too. And and we, you know, our names out there in the newspapers and magazines and so forth. But it's it's really just. At the end of the day, I always I always uh, go out and when when we when we donate these items, it's not just I don't I don't just go oh hey you know come pick it up and I'll see you later. No, I want to be a part of it. I want to load the truck. I want to go I want to go to this local food bank and experience giving out these foods to to uh, to to homeless families and to families that are in need. I want to do that, and I get volunteers from our studio to help me, and so. It's a, it's a win-win situation for the community, and to me, if there's one thing why we 
done really well in our community is really just that. You know, we just don't help people that are in the studio paying us for our services, but it's really we go out in the community and help the ones that can't afford our services. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. And I know you're not doing it to for the perception of goodwill, like, oh, Mike's such a great guy. Let me go work with him. I know that's not the motivation, but that's probably you probably get a lot of that going. Wow, this guy's a real stand up guy. I want to support his business. I want to I'm going to hire him as a trainer because of all the goodwill he's doing. So I think you probably get a lot of indirect positivity for your business, even though that's not necessarily your intent. You're doing the goodwill yeah. for the sake of doing goodwill, but it has a has a very positive impact on driving people into your business. Yeah, and and it's 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 crazy because sometimes you know, we'll have clients of the studio and then they'll volunteer at an a local event that we you know, that we're putting together, raising money for a local charity or whatever. And then they'll see somebody that they didn't know was part of that nonprofit. Like, oh, I didn't know that family needed help, you know. Or I know that person, person's sister, I think I know her. So it's kind of like it's, it, it, it's, it goes into a deeper level when 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 clients or potential clients just just see the benefit of it in the, in the community and like and you're right i don't we don't do it oh you know we want to be on channel five we want to be on channel seven right at the end of the day none of that matters it's great because we we yeah. get our work you don't you don't you don't have people follow you around with cameras go okay let me get get this shot of me at the homeless shelter you know being the, this person you know it's, exactly like i'm there for you know 30 seconds and i have a you know a selfie you know in front of all the boys <laughs> or food and then i leave you know no i'm like i'm the first when we do these charity events, I'm like the first one of the first ones there. Like, and if they say, "Mike, we got to load everything up at 4 a.m.," I'm there at 3:30. You know, it's like, yeah. "Hey, let's do it. Let's yeah. go." Yeah, yeah. And and I know you, so I know this is who you are. This is not some facade of okay, I'm going to put out this perception of generosity so people think I'm a great guy and want to come to the events. I think that that that's what I want to make sure anyone listening doesn't get motivated by going, well, you know, I don't really care about any of these things, but I like what this guy's doing. And maybe I'll get more people in my gym if I start doing this kind of stuff. That That's the wrong motivation. You want to do the good work for the sake of doing the good work. I think the mistake a lot of people make is if they don't get some kind of instant payoff, they don't think it's worth doing, right? There's, there's so many things that you do to help other people where you may not think anyone's seeing it, but it's it's people are seeing it because people are always watching. This is a reality of people. People like Sincere always says people are nosy, so people are always watching what other people are yeah. doing. And sometimes it's down the road. Someone will go, Hey, I saw you doing this and I really appreciated that and two years later that person becomes your customer. You never know when it's gonna happen. That's why you have to keep on doing the good work. And I think especially for you in a small town, this is if you're not engaging the local community, then how do you expect anyone to find out about you? More of the Live Life Aggressively show right after this word from our sponsor. This episode of the LLA show is brought to you by Lifter LMS. Lifter LMS is an online course building tool which helps you turn any WordPress website into your own digital academy where you can train, coach, and educate your community. Look, Mike and I know there are a lot of LLA listeners out there who are strength coaches, personal trainers, health and fitness pros, as well as other current and potential entrepreneurs who are looking to start their own thing, add more value to their current services and products, or 
who were seeking a way to stop trading time for dollars. So Chris over at Lifter LMS reached out and wanted to sponsor the LLA show. One, because he's a longtime listener and he believes in the holistic, no BS approach to health and fitness that we talk about here on the LLA show. Two, he wants to help quality health and fitness entrepreneurs grow their businesses online. Lifter LMS has already helped thousands of trainers and experts just like you augment their businesses with online courses. Look folks, these courses have the power to unlock the full potential of your expertise, lead you to the freedom that comes with an online business, and expand your impact to a larger global community. Take a look for yourself. Simply visit LifterLMS.com strength to download the Lifter LMS for free. Chris is also offering LLA listeners a generous 30% off coupon for anything in the Lifter LMS store. Simply use the coupon code STRENGTH. So go check it out at LifterLMS.com strength. That's Lifter, L-M as in Mike, S.com strength. Again, that 30% off coupon code is STRENGTH. That's LifterLMS.com strength. And now back to the show. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and like you said earlier, Mike, um, when people are going to find out who you truly are uh, at the beginning, you might, you might, yeah. you might be, yeah. you know, you might do a couple of great things the first couple of months and you raise all this money and this and that. But at the end of the day, to be able to sustain that, you got to love what you're doing. You know, when it's right. just, a, and it has to be a part of you and your business. It is a part of us. And so, yeah. You know, as soon as we're done with one, I'm already constantly thinking, like, we already have everything planned for for our toy drive for Thanksgiving and 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 Christmas. That's a, that was already planned like two months ago. So so it's so this is going to be like our 12th annual toy drive. Right. And so when we when we do these, people are like they're not just going to donate toys because, oh, yeah, I just want to donate a toy. They know they know where it's going to. They know how how many people, how many children benefits from it. Because why? Because we're the ones passing it out at the at the at the um, at these uh, nonprofit events. We actually, you know, we volunteer and we pass out these these toys, and so they they see that. And and you know, as a firm believer, as a leader, I have. To I have to set the example, not by, you know, my words, but my actions. So I'm always out there doing whatever it takes to, to, uh, to get things going and make things happen when it comes to paid forward events. And, and it does come yeah. back. It, it really does. I bet a lot of your customers get involved. I mean, a lot of your clients get involved with this as well. And talk about creating stickiness in terms of keeping them motivated to want to be part of the core group. Oh yeah, and a lot of them say that to me. They say, you know what, yeah. Mike? You know, I I I I didn't really know how to give back to the to my community, but you just find the 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 avenue and you make it easy and fun. And at the same time, these are the people that I work out with on a daily, you know, weekly basis. Why not? Why not help them? You know, why not yeah. help each other? And so, like last year, when we when we donated a bunch of. Uh, food to this food bank, we had probably 60 people volunteer in, in, in one day at this local food bank from our studio, like probably a little less Very than cool. 50, like 45% of our clients, you know, and it was just like, great. wow. I mean, even the director of the food bank was like, hey, we got Team MSF here. And it was like, we had like the loudest cheer because we had like 60 people there, actual yeah. clients, you know? Right, right, right. 
Yeah, I, think yeah, I love it. Really said about uh, success, about having real success at in your fitness business, especially when you have a studio, is to create that family environment. And these are the folks that are going to stick by you and do. It's like, hey, man, what do you got going on? I'm right there with you. Just let me know. I'm bringing my kids and my, my, my spouse will be there. You know, my, my in-laws will yeah. be there. We're going to come and help you. It becomes a family <laughs> thing because you, you end up becoming part of their family. I mean, next thing you know, you know, someone's getting married. One of your clients getting married, whatever. They're inviting you to the wedding and things like that. And like I said, all these different things, man, you become this family unit. And these are the folks. It was so funny getting back there, but you know, the whole, you know, you don't have this many followers or whatever else. It's like, it's not even so much of those numbers that you see, you know, when you look at that computer screen. It's like, also, how long is this? So let's just say out of those 1600, you say like it was around 150 of them that actually are part yeah. of the studio. Over, but then you multiply out of those 150, how many years have they been with you? How many dollars have they traded with you? How much time have they spent with you? Oh, yeah. You know, you know, even when they achieved their intended goal when they first signed up with you, you know, some people come to you like, okay, I need to lose 20 pounds or I need to get rid of this, you know, get this diabetes, this type 2 diabetes under control. And they came to you with that. But then five, six, seven, eight years later, they're still there. They've, they've gotten whatever issue or the thing they want to address that they initially came to you for in the first place. They've already taken care of that and moved on to other goals. And now they're out working in a food bank and they're out, you know, doing a toy drive, you know, and this, and yeah. probably in their wildest dreams, they never thought the first time they ever saw you, you know, or heard about you from a friend, saw you on TV or whatever else, they would be thinking that, okay, well, not that guy right there, I'm going to make sure that I hire that guy so I can go donate to a toy drive, you know, or goes to work yeah. at a food bank. You know, it probably, probably never crossed their mind. At first, it became a very selfish goal. It was a healthy, selfish goal. But then it ended up becoming a very selfless lifestyle that, that, that you all do together. And I think that's where it really worked as far as the studio and having a business. That family environment, that's, that's ultimately the, 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 the goal. You know, it wasn't the goal, but that's how it turned out to be. And it's true. Everybody, everybody wants to be around people that they, that they care about and want to help and motivate and inspire. I mean, this is down to the deepest level, but two years ago, um, well, four years ago, I met, I met an individual. He was, he was, he became a client. His wife became a client and then started training them. We became really good friends. We golfed and, you know, participated in a lot of events. Um, next thing you know, he gets diagnosed with uh, stage four lung cancer, and you know, six months later, he passed. This was about a year and a half, no, about a year ago. And his wife, his wife came up to me um, the day after, and he said that David and I wanted, we chose you and another person to be uh, to give the eulogy at David's funeral. And I was one of the I was one of the two that gave one of his eulogies, and I I, I mean, it was, you know, I've spoken in front of five thousand people, two thousand people, but at this eulogy at this funeral service, that was the scariest time of my life, like being in front of people because it was like, wow, I can't believe that I'm actually the one giving this eulogy, but I accepted it, I honored it, and and you know, I did my best, and his wife loved the, the stories that I provided and gave them and and so you know it that that family uh, environment it doesn't go any deeper than that you know so yeah, it, yeah. so you know it was it was a very tough time not just for myself but the whole studio because everyone loved them so something like that you know a lot of our clients said mike we're not even surprised that you're one of the individuals giving this eulogy because because you and david you know you had 
that much impact in David's life. But I said, no, because David's had a bigger impact in my life, you know? So, so yeah, family, family environment, man. I mean, that's, that's a huge, that's a huge thing for a lot of, uh, a lot of young up and coming trainers and really get that in their, in their business. Well, that's a good goal to have. Be such a good trainer to your clients that you're asked to give the eulogy. I mean, yeah, that's, that's, it was no no higher compliment was, than that, dude. It was it was. I mean, man. I mean, and, and I don't and I don't get panic attacks. I mean, I'm pretty relaxed. <laughs> yeah. I, I had to honestly go to the bathroom like ten times right before the service started. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't believe it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, those. I mean, I've, I've given eulogies for family members. I can only imagine, you know, somewhat a client or a close friend or anything like that. But it is, and like you've said, I've done a lot of public speaking myself. Those aren't easy because you don't want to screw it up, number one. And usually, usually the audience is pretty forgiving in those circumstances too, because yeah. it's a eulogy, yeah, it's a eulogy it's, right? So no one's yeah, going to be like, come on, but you're not going to get heckled is where I'm going. You know? no like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have to no, really chew it up to get heckled. Get off the stage, man. I wanted it to be, I wanted it to be like how our friendship was. It was, it was fun. It was energetic. We had a lot of laughs. And so yeah. that's what I wanted. You know, it, was, right it, was yeah. it wasn't just, it was just, you know, it wasn't a sad day. It was a, hey, you know what? He's he's moved on. Let's celebrate his life. And these yeah. are the stories yeah. that make me laugh, you know? Right. That's the best thing to do with these. I mean, that's what I did, too. I, I did one for my great-grandmother. I just told stories. And I, yeah. I made jokes that people there could relate to. So it was, it was I think it was, it was uplifting for myself as well as for the people listening. So I, I think that's always the right strategy. Frankly, it's not a bad strategy in general. Anytime you're in a situation of public speaking, you tell stories. Because that's what people are used to. That's that's what we're ingrained in our DNA to hear stories. I mean, that's how we made yeah. it throughout history. You know, we had the griots. You know, and that pretty much that's why you had so many cultures that d- didn't have a written history of their culture because they didn't write anything down. They just told stories and they passed them on and on and on and on. So that's it's in our nature, it's in our DNA to do that right. and to be a part of that. You know, instead of going and reading about it in a book or, or something like yeah. that. Man. Yeah. So how, how, did this, how did you end up in Whittier? Did you go to college in Whittier, Mike? Did you grow up there? No, i i went to um, I went to Cal State Northridge, which is about an hour, hour and a half from here. And uh-huh. after after you know, I graduated. It was it just somehow one of my one of my friends started dating this girl from the city, and then I met one of her friends, and then next thing you know, I moved I moved over here, and then he just. You know, of course, six months later, we broke up, and then... <laughs> that's, what I was that's what I was waiting for. <laughs> I was either, either they broke up or he married. I was just waiting. Yeah. Pre- one or the other. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I know you're not married, so I, thought, I knew that's where... <laughs> there's only one other direction that story could <laughs> it, it, it turned out fine, man. It turned out well. Oh, no, you know, it worked I, out well. Yeah, it worked out well. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's hilarious. I almost yeah I tried to go to school in Whittier. Of course, my grades weren't very good when I was in high school, so I didn't make the cut. But uh, I, I did. It looked, it looked nice in the brochure. That's for sure. <laughs> oh man, no, that's good. That's good. But yeah, I mean, I'm you know, and the thing is, it's 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 you know these 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 conferences and conventions. I mean, I you know I pick and choose. Uh, 
there's only a couple of them that I go to every year now, and I still do a lot. You know, I listen to a lot of podcasts and things like that, the ones that I that I enjoy. Um, but you know, I, I I tell these I tell these young professionals, man. I said, listen, you gotta, you know, you can go to some, but don't 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 go crazy because for that reason that you you know work work on mastering you know what 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 your strengths are and weaknesses, you know. Yeah. Well, speaking of podcasts, that's the other thing a lot of people have the impression is going to make their career. They go, man, if I just get on Joe Rogan's show, it's going to blow up. And yeah, sure, these high-level shows are good for exposure, but what if, where do people go after you're off the episode? You have a really good website with great content. You have a facility that people are coming into. You know, What do you have to engage these people to keep them wanting to learn more about you? It's just just getting on there and saying, "Oh, follow me on Instagram." That's not going to cut it. Yeah. And the flip side, of, and the flip side of that is a lot of fitness marketing professionals are telling these young guys that they need to start a podcast. My thing is, why are you starting a podcast when nobody knows who you are and what you do, and you don't even have a client? Right. So why are you already starting a podcast? What, what are you going to talk you about? Two people you listening. Know. Your mother and father. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and your dad's like, "What is that radio thing you're doing <laughs> on the on the telephone and computer?" <laughs> you know. So. Well, no, well, now now podcasts are becoming almost as ubiquitous as an Instagram account. I, I can't tell you how many people that. Oh, you know. and I know sincere who have reached out going, Hey man, I just started my own show. Love to have you on. I go, Hey, if you're still doing the show in a year, get back to me. I'll come on, <laughs> but I'm not going to come on a show. That's probably going to be done. And your show will probably go under before the episode even comes out. You know, <laughs> so, hey, what, 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 that episode I did for you. It's like, Oh man, you know, show didn't make it. It's like, what do you mean? It didn't make it. It's free to put out. <laughs> it's not easy to do you know we've been doing a podcast for five years and it, it took a while to get into the groove of this yeah i don't think you have a great show until you've done it for 10 years just like i've said you're not going to be a great trainer until you've put in at least 10 years i don't care who you are and i think you could apply that concept to anything your own personal workouts right i started working out when i was a teenager i didn't i didn't get strong and really into how to train myself until four or five years into it. And then it wasn't until maybe the 10 year mark that you start hitting these big numbers. So I think the other mistake a lot of people make is they want things too soon. And we've been inundated with these 90 day transformation type methodologies that are completely ineffective. It only works for people that used to be in shape who are now working out again. So they just get back to where they were in 90 days because of muscle memory and other factors. And sure, you can make great progress in 90 days. I'm not discounting that. But the notion that you're going to have, the notion that you're going to go from 30% body fat to 6% body fat in three months is just absurd. <laughs> but this is the mentality and expectation a lot, a lot of people have. So when they hear, you know, how long does it take to get strong and fit? And you say, well, it's going to take at least four or five years to not even get really strong and fit on an elite level, but just to to figure out what works for you and get to a good level, not exceptional, that's discouraging to a lot of people when it really shouldn't be. If, if I told someone, look, it's going to take four years to get to this goal, if it's a meaningful goal and someone told me that, I, I would say, great, four years? I can crush it for four years. But the average person gets discouraged when they hear that. Yeah. Well, that's that's the thing. Like Working with the general population, that's all the, – that's all – you know, they, they go on YouTube, they, their friends send them, you know, they tag them on, on Facebook and Instagram. Hey, check out this exercise. This person can right. do this. Of course, a lot of them, they send it to me like, oh, Mike, I want to be able to do this. I'm like, listen, you can't do a box jump 48 inch if you could hardly do a step up. That's like 
six is. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's let's work on let's work on squatting first and doing the proper lunge. Let's work on that. Let's let's work on right. being able to work for ten minutes without, without even having have to sit down. You know. Yeah. So it's like. Yeah. And, and and so that that's one of the that's one of the tough things. You know, you asked me earlier that I work with the general population. That's one of the challenges that I have because, you know, they're 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 at this level, but they want to be all the way up this level, and then right. that's all they that's all they see. They don't see the five, eight, ten years that it takes to be able to master, not even master those techniques to actually be okay at it, and then you master it. You know. Right. Um, I'm, right. I'm like these individuals have been, you know, do this, you know, they train three, four, five, six hours a day, five, six days a week, and they've been doing this since they were like four years old. That's why they're able yeah. to do that. You know, right. this American Ninja Show. You know, it's like, oh, can I do yeah. that? I'm like, yeah, can you, yeah. Can people that go up watch it, you spend all day watching the game show network, and then two weeks later you want to be on the CrossFit Games. I'm like, no, you're doing it wrong, buddy. It's not going to work that yeah. fast. It's not going to work that way. <laughs> and the uh, the American Ninja Warrior folks, especially the ones who are usually it's, it's towards the end of the episode, they bring out the pro type people that have, that have just excel at it, and they make it look easy. So I mean, I'm sure the average person sitting there going, I bet I could do that. It's like, yeah, you, you think you could do it because they're making it look so easy. But I right. think yeah. if you went out on that course, you probably wouldn't make it past the first obstacle. You'd be die. You'd be face diving into that pool of water, <laughs> you know, on yeah. the first step. When I look at the distance, sometimes I was watching an episode the other night, and in this one, this one obstacle, they have to swing this bar off the hinge and catch the next one, and yeah. and it it looks pretty far away on TV. So that means in real life, it probably <laughs> looks like it's on the other side of the room. And then yep. some of these people are barely making it. Some of them make it look easy. But I go, man, I guarantee you, if you ever went to one of those courses and just had a chance to run through it for fun, you would realize real fast how crazy difficult it is and how impressive it is the people who do it. No, it's it's, it's true. And, and that's one of the things, you know, it's, it's great to have a goal, a fitness goal or whatever goal you want when it comes to health and fitness. But at the same time, it has to be – it has to be something that's attainable in a reasonable time, <laughs> right? You know, and right. and it's okay if you can't do that. You know, it's yeah. it's fine. It's it's okay. You just maximize your own ability and your own potential. And that's one of the things yeah. that that that's a, really a challenge when working with general population because there's always that one friend or relative that you know that stays skinny all her life and you know all she <laughs> eats is salad and you know avocado. You know. And and well, I want to look like my cousin. You know, it's like, listen, you can't look like your cousin because she's been skinny all her life. You've been obese all your life, most of your life. You let's let's right. try not to drink four Michael. or five bottles of wine. You know, but Mike's going to help you look at someone else DNA, as a role model. So, you know, that's the mindset. It's the same DNA. So, you know, why can't I be that way? Well, guess what? Your cousin could probably think like, okay, we have the same DNA. Why am I not overweight like that? So it works both ways. So it's not just yeah. easy. I think the only person you have to try to beat is yourself constantly. Yeah, I and mean, that's the, the way I look at it. I'm, I'm always trying to, I'm always trying to beat my own records. I'm not looking at, sure, I'm inspired by other people. I'm impressed by other people's abilities, but I'm not competing with them. I'm always going, okay, what's the best I've ever done at something? All right, let's beat that number. Like, okay, I'm, I'm going to be 45 now. Can I lift more than when I was 30? Yes, great. 
you know, I'm, I'm constantly beating myself and not just in the context of physical training, but being a more compassionate person, helping charities more, building my business, you know, all facets. You're just constantly trying to beat yourself. I go, okay, I, I donated this amount of money last year on my taxes. Let's beat that number this year. So it's always, it's, it's always, the, it's a battle. It's not really a battle within because these are all positive things, but it's, it's a, it's a battle to improve yourself constantly. Yeah, and, and you know what? When you have these goals, it improves every facet of your life. It's not just, right. hey, right. what? I was able to lift a little more, you know, from last year, right? Or I, right. you know, or I can do this a little more better than last year. Yeah, that's great, like from the number standpoint, but at, what did it take to get to that? Well, you know what? You were more disciplined. Right. You were more committed. Yeah. You, you eat better. You, you, you slept better. You did this. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't right. allow, you know, external stress to get to you. Things of that nature. That's right. how you're able to do that. Uh, and so 100%. from a whole general overall quality of life, it was, that's you were able to do that because because that's what it was. It was you, you your your life was better. Your whole quality of life was better. Yeah, that's a great way to frame it. Is that when you when you achieve when you surpass yourself, it, it doesn't happen by accident. It's because you stacked a lot of things correctly. Like you said, you improved your diet, you improved your sleep. Maybe you didn't eat out as much. You you, you improved your lifestyle, and that's why you're able to improve this goal. And that's the real payoff more than the achievement itself. Yeah, exactly. The achievement was is great, but look, look at everything else. You know, the, every facet of your life. You know, you're you're right. you're better. You're a better brother, sister, uh, husband, wife. You're a better employee or employer or whatever that you, you know. Wherever you are in your career, you're just overall better person because because you you stay committed to to having that goal. So I'm never I'm never against you know having you know that's one of the things we talk about with clients is let's create a goal. Let's create. You know, for next month, for the next three months, six months, a year, let's do all that. Now let's focus on the process. You know, it's great to have a goal, but right. you can't fixate it on that because you gotta you gotta focus more on the process, the daily grind, the weekly grind. You know, those choices you have to make on a Friday night, like while all your your overweight friends are you know on their third margarita, are you gonna have your second one? <laughs> you know, yeah. right. <laughs> well, that that's the other thing that I think is tough for people is their their circle of influence is not necessarily the most beneficial support group. So you're dealing if you're dealing with negativity in your personal life, that has a real profound impact in any positive change you're trying to make. Oh yeah, that's 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 big, and I and I think that's one of the one of the great things about our studio is that. Most of the people in there actually do care for one another and want each other to improve. And the fact that that we have different levels of individuals, some are very elite, some are just a beginner, someone's in between, they – we can all motivate each other. Um, I used to have boot camp classes, and we used to separate the advanced, intermediate, beginner. And so we did that for about years. And after a while, I used to think, you know what? Let me mix let me mix our classes that anybody can just come in. Yes, you have to modify some of the exercises accordingly, but our boot camp just kept growing and growing in our studio because now you have diff- you have individuals regardless of what level they are, they're motivating each other. You know, you see a you see a beginner and they look at the advanced like, "Man, I want to be able to do 30 push-ups in a row," right? Instead of my 
you know, my two or three. And then you have an advanced individual who sees, like, someone who's, you know, 50, 70 pounds overweight. Man, look at that person trying their best. I, I should try harder. Right. You know, so it, right. so it really, that little mixture of just uh, individuals motivating each other just, just, just made, made a huge impact in our studio. Yeah, that's a smart strategy. Very smart strategy. I get that a little bit indirectly just at the local gym I go to. And I don't, tr- and I'm not a trainer there. I just go there to work out. But and I like being in that environment because anytime I see anyone pushing it, whether it's a older lady or a teenager, whatever it is, anyone, you yeah. see other people pushing it hard and motivates you to push it hard. And I know people seeing me push it hard motivates them to push it hard. So you have this symbiotic relationship, even if you're not necessarily even talking to each other or you know each other, it's just happening because it's, it's you're there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, it's, 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 that's exactly what, what we have at the studio and it's great. And we, you know, we're always, we're always uh, doing different things. You know, we we're we've done a lot of Spartan races this year and people are just motivating each other to continue, you know, doing other races. And we have different age brackets that we have one of our clients, she did a 5k at a gladiator run. And she's like, Mike, I came in first place. And I'm like, Wow. You know, and my my you know she was sixty four, and I'm like, wow, oh, that's great. Out of many people, she goes, I was the only sixty year old out of four thousand runners. <laughs> wow, and I'm, that's freaking awesome. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> you know, so yeah, no, that's yeah, that's super impressive. What what do you find? Do you find that a lot of trainers find that? New Year's resolutions, they get a lot of people in, right, who want to work on stuff, and then they inevitably fall off, usually within weeks, if even shorter time frames. Yeah. Have, what, what do you find helps keep people on track when they come to you with these New Year's resolutions? Honestly, the biggest thing is having a buddy partner. The one, the clients that now, Obviously, the buddy partner that you have have to be motivated too, you know. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, let's but, get pretty. Girl, let's go, come on, enough of this. Enough of these burpees. Let's go get a margarita, girl. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But the, the clients that have seen the best results, there's always another individual that they benefit. They they push each other, whether it's yeah. a spouse or just a friend that they found at the gym or a friend that brought them to the gym. You know, our, our studio, that's, we have, we have so many individuals that are, that are friends, but there's always, there's always, you know, the, the couple or the two best friends that are just like motivated. And we all need help sometimes, you know, there's days where I don't want to work out. And then, you know, I have, I have a couple of friends that are like, come on, get your ass up. You know, it's okay. And, and we all need that. And so I, whenever we have um, our uh, New Year's, kind of special, you know, the beginning of the year thing, we always do a um, two-for-one. That's kind of like, you know, our thing, hey, bring in your favorite, you know, your your, your best friend or your loved one, person that you want to work out with, um, you know, to, to be a part of this journey. And that, that's, that's, one, that's probably the biggest uh, um, thing that we've had at the studio that are, that's very successful. Because once they're part of the studio after two or three months, they just become ingrained in our fitness family, and they're just right. sometimes they have no choice in the state because all their friends are there. It's like, no, you ain't going. You know, no, you have to come. You know, right? It's a positive reinforcement. Yeah, those, those, so, yeah. So there's so there's that. There's, 
so you know, same thing as when you have friends that that talk you out of going to the gym and instead going and right. you know get get you know getting drinks and stuff. You know, our our clientele they talk their their friends into coming to the gym. Right, right, yeah, that's key. I mean, Hicks and Gracie had a great saying where he said, "If you have one stick, even if it's a strong stick, you can break it. But if you have two, three, four, five, now it's much harder to break. You become stronger yeah. in that group context." Oh, I think people definitely. can do people can do that with each other, even with people you don't know. You could have friends online where you go, "Hey, we're all working on our goals. Let's stay connected. Let's let's keep in touch with each other. Let's check in every Friday and see how each other is doing." But people can do these kind of things, even if let's say you don't know anyone in your locality who is supportive like that, and you feel like you're on your own, and you want some level of support. You can team up with people that are around the world. And get that yeah. positive reinforcement from each other. You know, they even have apps where you can do that. It's like you know, it's almost like a lot of these um, fitness apps also have a social media aspect to it, to where you know you you've got your own little community of friends that you have in that app as well. So you basically you all get to see you know when you're checking in to a gym or you're doing your workout and you post it inside the app, and your friends can see it as well. So again, that keeps you motivated. Like, oh man, oh, Michael already went in for the day, man. I already see that. You know, he or he did upper body and lower body. Oh, okay. See what he did today. Cool. <clears throat> so and it keeps you kind of pumped up. And so then you end up checking in, and doing yours or whatever. So therefore, that person feel like they're the only ones. And I think a lot right. of times will fail because they always feel like they're the only one. Because when you're trying to do better, you know, and when everybody else could give you know give a crap about doing any better and just continue doing what they've been doing because that's what's familiar to them. You know, that's when you feel your loneliest, man. And a lot of this stuff really helps also, like, to just, like I said, building that camaraderie beyond that gym aspect. And even if you are online, you know, it goes beyond just now after just checking in and, okay, you worked out today and keeping you accountable. But also, hey, I see that, you know, you had some issues going on. You weren't feeling that well. I see you posting a picture of, you know, your kid was sick and blah, blah. Is everything cool? You need anything? You know, I mean, I don't live there, you know, but, you know, but if, you know, maybe there's some resources somebody could send, you know, to you that could help out or blah, blah, blah. And then you end up building this other camaraderie with that, man. So you, you, there's no telling how far I can go, like I said, beyond the gym, which is yeah. also an issue. Sometimes I feel like some people feel like everything starts and ends in the gym. And, you know, what we're talking about right here can actually extend beyond that. Because when you put all your eggs in one basket and put it all in one gym, <laughs> something like that, that can also be just as detrimental as not doing anything at all and being alone as well. Because what happens when you can't make it to the gym? A lot of people end up getting depressed and they feel like, oh, man, I can't see my friends today. I can't go work out with them today. You know, so kind of let it extend beyond just working out as well. So and there's a lot of aspects, you know, a lot of opportunities to do that. You can go ahead, Mike. Oh no, no, it's it. I mean, it's it, it's that. That's exactly what it is. Is that we you have to you have to find you know those friends that that have the same vision and passion and and energy as you. And if and if you need something like that, it's okay to ask people too. Like, hey, come on, let's go work out. Let's go for a hike. You know, we have a lot of clients. Like, I really push them. Like, hey, you guys should go on this hike. Like this Saturday, we're we're doing a hike in uh, Mount Baldy. And, you know, it's going to be like a six-hour hike, but I matched, you know, I told everybody, look, match up with a friend um, that's a similar level as you because we're going to go straight to the top, and if you can't make it to the top, it's okay. Just, you know, hike down with your with, with, with your buddy system because uh, when it gets people out to the gym, you know, we don't have classes 
that day forces people to kind of meet each other, that they'll meet each other in a, in a different setting other than the gym. So once a month, we always do different workouts like that. We'll do like a hike. Uh, we'll do like a beach workout where we, you know, we go to Huntington Beach and we'll just work out in the sand and a bunch of us will stay for breakfast and, you know, doing something, something different like that always helps to, always benefits the, uh, the studio and the people that's in it. I think, I think a good takeaway from that is a lot of people, whenever they get together with a friend, it always revolves around food, right? Let's get together for lunch. Let's get together for dinner. Let's get together for coffee and desserts. So it's always something where you're sedentary and you're eating. And I think you could reframe that to say, let's go to Red Rock for a hike. Let's go walk around the block. Let's get together and walk around the strip. So you're, you're socializing, but you're moving as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, in order to really succeed and, you know, in, in, especially with the general population, that's a huge factor because, yeah, yeah. because, a lot of them are not disciplined enough to say, okay, you know what? I'm going to do this many sets with this exercise. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. They're not that level yet. And so when right. you get them out, it's like, hey, you know what? Let's go hiking. Let's, you know, there, there's that hill. Let's, let's try to make it to that hill. It, it really, it's, they see that goal uh, off the bat. And as bad as it sounds, sometimes they're forced to continue even though they don't want to, I mean, you know, at a safe right. level, obviously, but when sure. they have that buddy system and they got people around them, pushing them, helping them, uh, it, it, it's just a win-win for everybody. I think separating training from exercise is important or activity is important as well. And what I mean by that is I lift heavy weights four or five times a week, right? That's my workout system. But I go for three-mile walks every day with the dogs and I don't count yeah. that as my workout, but it's activity and that happens yeah. no matter what. Right. So seven days a week, yeah. that's going to happen. It's not something where if I go for a three mile walk on Monday, I've got to take Tuesday off to recover, right? This is something you can do every day. <laughs> so these, these are the kind of things that, and it doesn't have to be someone going, I don't know if I can walk three miles and walk a half a mile, walk one mile. But the key is you have to do it every single day daily activity. There's no day there's no days off for this. And frankly, I enjoy the process of this. To me it's meditation going for long walks. That is something you look forward to. So I don't want to just sit around all day. Even on even if I'm tired from a hard workout the day before, the best thing I can do is go for that long walk because it's going to loosen me up. Yeah, I mean, you know, people always are always laughing at me because like midday that's that's my time with my uh, with my dog, and we go to the park. We go for a walk, like an hour walk. And regard if I'm in town, every that's my my day uh, revolves around that. Like when I have when people ask me, let's meet here, let's meet there. It's like okay, I'll meet you at uh, you know one thirty. Oh, why one thirty? Oh, because I have to walk my dog from twelve to one. You know, not just for her, but for me too. You know, and it's like right. really, I'm like yeah, and so. Yeah. So that's the time that, I, that, like you say, physical activity, you have to find something that you that you enjoy, but you know it deep inside it benefits you, so you, you just have to do it. It's, there's no choice. Right. right. Yeah, having oh, dogs helps they, because they need to be walked, right? So I mean, exactly. yeah. whether you, whether, Some days I don't feel like walking. I'll be honest. Like, oh, man, I'm, just, I'm, I'm not up to it right now. But they need to go, and they're going to drive me nuts if I don't take them. <laughs> so you, have to, you right. have to do it, and then you always feel better for doing it. You never go, man. Wish I could have skipped that walk. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, you you always feel better, and and so yeah. when when it comes to individuals that are not motivated yet, you know that that's why I tell them. I said, look, it's okay, it's okay that you have to. It's not going to come easy at first, you know. Like a lot of times, people think, man, you know, people that are in shape, it's 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 easy for them to just go exercise. Like, no, it's not. There's days where I don't want to. There's days that you know, on Friday when I'm done the whole week. And I sit on my couch, and it's like, oh, man, it's catching up to me. It's getting me. I'm trapped. No, let me get my ass up and yep. go because, yep. because I know I need to do it. And so, you know, that's one of the things I tell our clients is, no, it's not It's not always easy for, for me and, you know, other trainers or, you know, strength coaches to, to want to go work out. We have those days, too, but we just accept the fact that we have to do it, and we just do it. And that's the difference between someone who is in – in, in great shape or as healthy than somebody who's not is those are the times that they make that decision whether they're going to go or not. That's where it's separated, you know. Yeah. Crazy. It's even easier to say no when you are in shape because the fact that you're like, well, I'm good. It's like it's not like I have to go and walk. Today. It's not like I have to go to the gym today. I'm like, man, I can I, I can just actually sit here and chill all day because at least I'm not like, you know, overweight or, you know, got injuries or whatever else. And then next thing you know, another day comes up. Then another day comes up and you say the same thing. Next thing you know, you are exactly all those things you said. You, you, you're glad you don't have to do that because, you know, you, you're not that. But now you're that. And now it gets harder to get started again <laughs> because it's like you've gone so long. It's like, oh, man, how do I let how do I let myself go like this? And, you know, now walking up the stairs, you're kind of, your heart rate is up. And you're like, wait a minute, I'm in shape. <laughs> you know, in your mind, you still think that you're in shape, but, you know, your body's like, no, no, we're not. <laughs> we're not in shape. And so then and then you're really defeated because you think like, oh, man, it's very disappointing because, like, I was I was so in shape. I was this, that, and the other, and now this is happening, and this feeling sucks. What did I do to myself? And then you get depressed, and now you're kind of like, well, I'm here now, so, you know, what's the use? So now you got to kind of get your mindset. you got to hit that reset button. To like to push yourself to get started all over again. This is especially if you're not in the fitness industry. If you're not a trainer, that makes it even harder <clears throat> for you or whatever else. Whereas a trainer is like, okay, this is my job. I got to get off my ass, man, <laughs> because uh, I can't get any clients if I'm walking around, you know, and I've got like a beer gut. <laughs> like, who am I to tell somebody, you know, they need to get like this to get a six pack? And it looks like the only way you're going to get a six pack is if I give you a ride to the store, buddy. <laughs> so you don't want to be that guy, man. that's the thing it's like you know my my line to our clients is you know the best the best and most important workout are the ones you didn't want to do you know right it's it's very easy to go work out in january i mean who's not fucking working out in january (laughs) right 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 but it's the dog you know it's it's in september it's in june when it's freaking you know outside like you know, those are the those are, you know, or November and December when all your friends are out drinking, where you're like, you know what, I need to go, I need to go work out before, you know, I go hang out with my friends, you know, instead of just going to happy, you know, straight to happy hour, you know, right. and it's like, it's like those are the most important workouts. Like to me, January workouts don't even don't even count. That's what I tell them, you know, because everybody's doing it, you know. Yeah, yeah. And doing those and doing those exercises that you don't necessarily like and that great at. So it's like instead of doing curls, which pretty much almost everyone does, it's like why not do deadlifts? Why not do squats? You know, do all yeah. the ones that you think are just totally suck. Women, especially, do push-ups as much as you hate them. Do it. Everybody try. Yeah. Everybody work. Start working on your pull-ups because everybody thinks pull-ups suck. You know, unless you're one of the bartenders or something like that. Those guys on YouTube. But everybody else is like, man, I hate pull-ups. Well, that's the reason why you should start working on them, <laughs> just for that very fact. 
It's not going to yeah. hurt you, you know, to add those into your repertoire, especially when you start doing them well. I mean, you'll you'll come to love them, especially when you see what it does for your body once you start incorporating those into your routine. Shit, every yeah, time exactly. I, I I cut my own hair right because I just shave my head with this. So I mean, and I love doing pull-ups. And every time I cut my hair, I love doing pull-ups more because I see my back. And I don't see my back very often, but I see my <laughs> back in the mirror when I'm doing when I'm cutting my hair. And I was like, man. Those yeah. pull-ups are paying off because your lats are blowing up and your your exactly. upper back is just a looks like a topographical map. You go yeah. that that's motivating. It does it, it improves your posture so much. So when you when you start getting the benefits of these exercises, so well, one of my friends who actually was our real estate agent and she used to be a she used to be a law enforcement police officer. So when she joined the force, she crushed the physical training test and she has a circus delay background. But the real reason why she crushed it is because she really trained for it. And she set the record for her group where she did 75 push-ups. And 75 push-ups is a pretty good number for anyone. But for a woman, it's exceptional. A lot of women have a hard time with push-ups. And, and none of the guys could come close to her. So she just had this mindset of, I'm not going to just be a woman that passes. I'm going to go in there and just destroy the group. I'm going to be the most fit person in the group. And and she was. Wow. Oh, that's Dude, now I'm going to try to do 75 push-ups. I know. <laughs> I know. When she said that, I was thinking, I don't know if I can do 75 push-ups right now if I had to. Let's hope she doesn't ask me. It's like, hey, you look like you're a strong guy, Mike. Can you do 75? It's like, yeah, I, I have, but that doesn't mean I can do it right now. It's been a minute since I've done that. Like, okay, since you put it like that, man. <laughs> well, I think exercise breaks are cool, too. Like, Pavel Sotsalin had this really cool push-up program back in the day. It was drop and give me 50 or whatever he called it. I forget what he called it. But it was basically you take your maximum number. So let's say it's 50, and then you do sets of 25 every hour throughout the day while you're awake. So not four times, five times, or even eight times a day. Every single hour on the hour while you're awake, you drop and do 25 push-ups. And what's cool about this is it doesn't require any equipment. So you can do it anywhere. I mean, you could be walking around and you may, you may feel a little silly dropping and doing 25 in the mall, but who cares? <laughs> you know, you're doing it. And the, the key is to get really good at efficiency with this. You're only doing half of your max. So you're never going to be overly fatigued from doing this. If you can do 50 push-ups, doing 25 every hour is not a big deal. And then you gradually increase this number. And he had people go from 50 to 100 push-ups in a pretty short time frame. I mean, five or six weeks. So it's, wow. it's really effective. But the key is you have to be every hour on the hour while you're awake, not once a day, two times a day, three times a day. It has to be that often. And if you can do it, and you can do it with any exercise. You could do it with pull-ups. If let's say you're at home and you have a pull-up bar, you could do it there or rings. I mean, you have to have access to some kind of device if you're going to do pull-ups. What the cool thing about push-ups is anywhere. You could be in the airport, you could do it. Hell, you could be on the plane and do it if you had to. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's Are you waiting for cool the bathroom? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Sitting in the aisle, it's like, hey, why not? <laughs> you know? So hold on a second, sir, before you walk over here. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> yeah. All right, you good. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you doing, sir? I'm doing push-ups. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's good. That's good. Body weight stuff is no excuse. Like one of my little programs I motivated people to get on is squats every day, right? Do 100 body weight squats every single day. Now, I prefer Hindu squats, but someone who who doesn't want to do it or maybe they have an existing knee issue, doesn't cause knee issues, but if you have an existing knee issue, it could exacerbate that. So maybe you do some other version. But the key is it has to be 100. Now, it doesn't have to be 100 in a row. 
It's not one set of 100. It could be four sets of 25. It could be 10 sets of 10 if you're just getting started. But you're going to total 100 reps in one session. So you're not doing this throughout the day. It's 100 reps in one little session. But it's every single day. Now, 100 is a big enough number that you're going to get some kind of fitness benefit from it. And it, but it's not difficult enough that you're going to burn out. You know, you're not doing 200, yeah. 300, or 500 where if you do 500 on Monday, you're great. But then the next day you wake up, you're like, man, I have to do another 500. You know, it's daunting, right? It's something where you, you, you think about it and you psych yourself out. But 100, I mean, I could get right after we do the show, I could just get up right now in my home office and just bang out four sets of 25. It'll take a few yep. minutes and then I'm good. And this accumulation, when you look, when you think about it, you're doing 700 squats every week. You start adding up how many you're doing every month. It's, I mean, it, it, and this is in addition to doing other things, right? This is not your only workouts. Extra credit, basically, yeah. just like walking several miles a day is. But it's something that there's really no excuse because it's just your body weight. You can do it anywhere, anytime. Exactly. So. That just goes right along. You throw in that. You throw in the walking every day with that too. It's just like, look, now being in shape is like it's, it's easy. Okay, it's easy to get started. It's easy to keep going because again, you have those all that resistance, all those barriers. Like, oh, I can't, it's a storm out there. It's flooding. I can't get to the gym today. You know, which is you know really easy to say here in Houston. You know, for me, <laughs> you know, this time of year because you know it's always like right now it's about to rain. So it's really easy to get like not motivated to get in your car and go to a gym. You know, or even just go into your apartment complex and have to walk outside to the other building. You know, if it's storming and you know whatever else. So, but you know, you can still do something. You know, right then and there, and it doesn't have to be this daunting thing where you're trying to put together a program in the house. Like, oh, so what do I do? Do I need to do like 12 sets of burpees and da da da? Like, look, just knock knock this out right here because that right there will that will hold you until you can actually get out and go to the gym again. That'll hold you. So you still did something right there, even if you just if you're in a complex, you can go do this, do these squats, the bodyweight squats and push-ups and pull-ups, all three while you're inside your house, and then go out. If you got stairs or whatever. Hit the stairs, go up and down the stairs five times. If you feel really good, run up the stairs, walk down the stairs, you know, five times, whatever. So it's just really, when it comes to people shortchange anything body weight related, I think a lot of times they put too much emphasis yeah. on, I need to pick up weights. I need to pick up weights. Otherwise, what am I doing? Well, guess what? You know, for centuries, people didn't have just like straight up dumb, they didn't have dumbbells and kettlebells and all and barbells, you know, so they had, they, they had physical labor. <laughs> That's one thing they had. And we, you know, these days in this Western society, it's not much of that going on with people sitting on the computers, and that's most of what their jobs are related to. So you've got to like compensate for that now. So you can't you can't just get used to the thing, the tool itself, and think that that's all you need, and that's the only way it's going to happen. Because the the tool yeah. is yourself. The tool is you. That's what it comes down to. No matter what it is you have, man, you can always find something. To yeah, I mean, and and if, if you're overweight, your body weight. I mean, even if you're not overweight, your body weight is resistance. But the more overweight you are, the more resistance you have. If you weigh yeah. 300 pounds, doing those hundred squats is no joke. You're you're basically squatting 240, 250 pounds of your body weight at every single time you do it. So that's no joke. You're going to build some muscle while you lose fat too. Exactly. Yep. You are you are a home gym. <laughs> you know, <sir>. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, that's that's and that's one of the things like you got to learn that, you know, those basic movements first and and before you get into, you know, different ones. And for a lot of a lot of the general population, you know, they, they just look at all the fancy exercises and equipment that everyone uh, posts on online. And it's like, 
Right. No, let's let's not worry about that right now, you know. Or they watch the commercials and fall for, you know, the latest little equipment that comes on in the middle of the night and, and it tells you that you have to have this to get this and that. And they fall for that, man. And my always, I've always said, you know, when I was a trainer, I would tell people, I said, look here, man, don't even look at those weights. I said, you have to earn the right to pick one of those up. I said, you haven't done anything to earn that yet. I said, that right there is a rite of passage. You don't just automatically get that. Just like talking about a fitness business, you don't just automatically get six figures, you know, just because you opened up a fitness business. That doesn't mean that you're entitled to now to get a six-figure income. You got to put it in that work, man. So same thing. You want to sit there and, you know, you want to do deadlifts and you want to sit there and lift, you know, get to the bars and get to all the 45 plates and all that. You got to put in the work, man. You got to, you got to earn your keep. You got to do, you got to put in that time. It's just not that easy. Yeah. And then, and then also while, also you, you are lifting weights yourself while you're waiting for that opportunity. It's, <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, do you really need to do lab pull-downs if you can't even pull, do one pull-up? Do you really need to do bench presses right. if you can't do 10 push-ups? Do you really need yep. to do weighted squats if you can't do one sprint? Let, let's get some fundamentals down first. I always tell people, I go, look, if you went, if you did 10 50-yard sprints two times a week and you did push-ups and pull-ups several times a week and then you went walking every day, doesn't require none of those things require any equipment, and you're going to be in better shape than 99% of people out there if you do that right. consistently. Yeah, it doesn't cost you a thing. Yeah, exactly. Well, cool, Mike. We know you have to get oh, going, oh, man. Hold on, Mike. hold on, Mike. Hold on. No, I can't let Mike get off this show, man, without bringing up one thing. <laughs> this is one thing I saw on YouTube, buddy. So um, <laughs> let's talk about those dance moves, man. Let's talk about your dance moves. <laughs> let's talk about that dancing oh, with yeah. the Woody Stars from 2015. Now I have to watch this up. <laughs> oh, I will send you the link. I'll send you the link. <laughs> so but it's funny because oh. we're, recording, we're recording this probably about a week after Michael Jackson's birthday. So, And then that being said, you know, uh, Mike's got some moves that he's putting down on a couple of Michael Jackson songs with a partner, man. Um, <laughs> Whittier's own version of Dancing with the Stars. You guys have to go check it out. <laughs> well, just, just like, so Damn. everyone knows, just so everyone knows, Michael Jackson is probably my favorite artist of all time. So I had to get his songs on there, and and that event was actually for a charity event, and I raised the most money that year for 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 a charity. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, I'm watching it right now. Yeah, that's cool. I, I was expecting. I didn't realize it was going to be this formal. I thought I thought it was going to be oh, no, something in your studio or something first, like that. I first saw like um, when I first saw just the image of the a clip from it, where I was like, okay, this was he really on dance with the stars? Like, how did I not know about this? I was like, oh, okay, it was local about it, but it's. It looks pretty well, much like the TV show. I like the cut-off sleeves there, Ned. Yes, boy. If he dressed appropriately, he, he knew that, okay, the there's no way I can wear a good shirt. <laughs> <laughs> the, the funny thing about that was when I first had my first dan le dance lesson with the professional, I mm -hmm. felt like I thought I could move. I thought I had balance and coordination. I felt like I was, a, I was at a physical therapy clinic, man, because I was like, God, my know dance was so freaking tough. So, you know, it was like four months of hard work, man. I had I, I had to work hard, you know, to be able to, to you know, to do that. It's definitely so one, it was of those, like, it's one of those, 
it's one of those situations like we were just talking about, like how the average person watches, you know, American, you know, you know, Ninja Warrior and think like, oh, I can do that. You know, it can't be that hard. You know, just like we probably watch these dance shows thinking like, oh, come on, man. And you tell yourself like, well, I dance. I mean, I go out dancing or whatever else. Like, I should be able to do that. And then you, you start doing it. You're like, whoa. Okay. No. Yeah. yeah. And, then, we'll and, then, the and then two weeks after our lesson started, the the, my, the dancer was like, hey, you know what? We have to give you the proper shoes for 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 the event, and I'm like, "What do you mean proper shoes? I have dress shoes on." And she's like, "No, it was like a fucking inch and a half heel that I had to wear." <laughs> and I'm like, "What?" So, dude, I mean, like anything, man, you gotta, you know, you want you wanna you wanna you wanna be better at something, you gotta work hard at it, you know. Yeah, get out of that no, no, that and that. That definitely will take you out of your comfort zone. It's like, wait a minute, I got to put on one inch heels. <laughs> <It's> like, <"What?" laughs> but I wear vibrant. What are you talking about, man? <laughs> well, we we know we know a few we, we know we know we know we know a few guys like to walk around their house in high heels. So some people would come. <laughs> out, right? it's like, no, man, I just wear them when I do squats to work on my quads more. I was like, sure, sure you do. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Does that squat usually involve a pole being in front of you too? I'm like, what are we talking about? <laughs> Are they using dollar bills by your feet when you're doing these squats, man? <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. No, it was great. Right it was great for a great cause. And, and, and you know, I, I got to do a little smooth criminal when I get an opportunity, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I see you with the lean, man. I see you got the smooth criminal lean in there. <laughs> People don't understand. That's not easy. Don't let Michael Jackson fool you. That lean was not easy. <laughs> Some of those hand moves were pretty smooth. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> how to touch? How to touch without groping? You know, right there. You know? Right. <laughs> it's called the gray. A little, little, little reeky healing, right? It's like, shh, shh, put my hand a little close to you. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. I thought we deleted that video. <laughs> no, it's good. That, that video should be up. That's a cool video. Yeah, that video, that link will be in the show notes. Believe that. <laughs> oh, man. Guys, I, you know, it's great talking to you guys. It's been a pleasure being on the show. I'm a big fan of both of you. Keep keep up the great work, man. Thank you, man. Big fan of yours as well. And where can people find out more about what you're doing? You have Do you have an Instagram account or Twitter or Facebook? Instagram, you can uh, – it's a, a hashtag uh, MSF Whittier. And I'm on Facebook through Michael Michael Y. Sorrell. All right. Perfect, man. Well, you keep up the great work. Thanks for all the excellent information and great catching up with you. All right, guys. Take care. Talk to you soon. Right, brother. Take it easy, Take man. care, Mike. You have a good one. Bye-bye. All right. So that was – Mike's a cool guy. I remember – I met him in 2007, and we didn't have a chance to talk too much, but we had a nice exchange. And then the next year, we both spoke again at one of Beatrice's events, and then we had a chance to hang out more. And not only did I enjoy what he presented, because you can tell you can tell he's a really genuine guy who really wants to help people. And I think that's – we didn't get into it, but that's the most important ingredient of someone who wants to be a personal trainer or a strength coach is you actually want to help people. You're not doing this for the fame just for the or the money. accolades. Yeah, you actually want to help people. And he doesn't want to just help people with their fitness. You can tell he does a lot of community work as well for the sake of doing it, which has which pays off dividends for his business. But that's not why he's doing it. So just a, just a stand-up guy all around. And also, I'm also glad we had someone like him come on the show because – we, we we have a lot of high-level trainers that have come on, like Christian Thibodeau and so forth. Those guys are great. But sometimes they're at such a high level, 
that they're they're disconnected from the needs of the average person because those kind of the people, the people that Mike works with are not working with Christian. Now you could yeah. say Christian doesn't necessarily want to work with those people, and that's his prerogative. You know, he's a high level coach, and I'm not saying that Christian couldn't train those kind of people either. He's a good guy and he's a great coach, but he's he's used to working with people at a certain level, and frankly, so was I when I did a lot of online consulting. I didn't work with people who couldn't touch their toes. I had people who were maybe medium level of fitness who wanted to take it up a big notch. And that was basically my clientele. Yeah. But having someone like Mike come on gives people the, it shows you what you really need to work on when you're working. If you want to work with the general population, which who are the people who need these kind of services the most, these are some success strategies to pull it off. And it makes, I mean, it's also for a lot of our audience, they're at the level where, Mike, you know, the, with the clientele that Mike's teaching as well as what I used to teach as well. And so therefore, I think a lot of times it can be a little daunting when you hear someone like Charles comes, you know, Poliquin comes on or Christian comes on. And you start when they talk about these things where folks have really put in the time and really like really been training for a while to get to the level where these guys are teaching them and coaching them. And so right. the average listener is like, whoa, he's like, oh, I want to go out and try that. And they end up doing just some of the things that Christian was talking about in terms of sprinting. And then he realized like after the second one, he's like, okay, how many more do I have to do with these? <laughs> you know, they feel a little discouraged, right. you know, and whereas, you know, don't sell yourself short. The fact that you actually listened to that show and you went out and at least did two sprints, you know, that right there says a lot because the average person is not going to go do that. They're thinking like, well, you know, why would I want to go and do that? I'm just going to go and get on the treadmill. So, <clears throat> but again, like I said, there can be sometimes be a bit of a disconnect or sometimes folks can kind of fool themselves and think that they are at the level of being an athlete that's being trained by Charles or, or Christian. So sometimes you need that, like, okay, look, man, this, what we just spoke about in this, this last hour and a half has been a little bit more, you know, at the level toward those in the general population. Now, there are some folks, a lot of folks that listen to the show that have been training for a while. But again, I think sometimes you train so long and you've been doing it so long that you tend to lose touch, you know, and realize that sometimes you need to hit that restart button. And kind of look back at those, go back to those basics because you've gotten so caught up in all these other training programs or whatever else that you lose sight of the basics. And then a lot of times these, these higher level programs you start doing, you start wondering, okay, why is this not working this way and not doing that and the other, this, that and the other? And it's because again, you've kind of lost sight of the basics. And, and it doesn't hurt to go back and do like just get on a bodyweight training program for about a month or two months. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. You're not going to become just super weak you know, and fall so far from your numbers that you were doing from, from deadlift squats and bench and all that. And a lot of times your body's going to be happy you took that break. So, But at the end of the day, it's not like you took a real break where you just sat around and did nothing for two months. You, but, right. but again, you give yourself a little time, let your body heal, you let it repair itself, and let it do what it does naturally. It's just move without necessarily picking up a heavy object other than yourself. <laughs> you know, so... Like, so there's benefits to that. So you got to kind of find a way of just breaking down your training year and where you want to throw things like this in there in, into your program. And you'll actually be able to look back and like, oh, man, actually, my numbers this time last year weren't anywhere close to where they are this year. And I think it helped because I threw in a month of just straight up just body weight training and or two months. That I just you know, six weeks. I just put in what Mike was talking about, just, you know, working on doing 100 squats every day and, you know, doing Pablo's program that these, those guys are talking about with the push-ups and doing, every, you know, doing a certain amount every hour. And I did that for like a month and a half. And, whoa, man, I actually saw my numbers go up, you know, in squats and bench and all that. So, you know, now you've got something to quantify, you know, compared to how those numbers went up in a year compared to a year before when you weren't doing that. 
And you also look at, okay, I'm feeling better. I'm, re- I'm recovering a lot faster. My sleep is a lot better. You know, I'm not sitting here feeling as stiff, you know, a few days after training like I used to or whatever else because you took this little, you took this time off to kind of just hit the reset button and get back to those basics again. Yeah. So, yeah, man. Awesome. Cool, man. I think that's a good place to wrap up. Yep. Get You guys can go fuck off and leave us some reviews on iTunes, Stitcher, <laughs> and go buy some shit. Stop fucking around, man. Go go to MikeMahler.com. Use that coupon code. Stock up on some supplements so you don't fuck up the rest of the year. We got September, October, November, December. You have four months to crush this year. I, I have two big goals I'm hitting in these next four months. I've got my six-place deadlift goal around the corner, which I want to hit before I turn 45 in October. And then once I hit that goal, I'm going to switch gears and start squatting four times a week and hit five plates on that before the end of the year. So I'm not messing around. And everything I've done this year is to build up so that this last four months of the year, I can crush it. Everything's lined up and ready to go. So don't don't dick around. A mistake a lot of people make right now is they go, well, you know, we're in the last quarter of the year. Let me just rest up and get ready for January next year. Like, do you really yeah, need to rest up for four months? You know, just let's <laughs> let's let's crush the next four months so that even if you don't hit your goals this year, you're you have you have momentum going into 2019, and you can crush some goals then. Yeah, this this is the time of the year. This last quarter is these are the months where everything is doing its part to make sure you don't hit any goals whatsoever. I mean, it starts right now. I mean, Labor Day, as we recorded this, Labor Day just passed. So that's where it really starts. And everybody's been going to barbecues and all this other stuff. And next up is Halloween. And this is going to be all this. If you have kids, you have all this excess candy lying around the house. And you're going to like, I don't want my kids eating all the candy and, you know, messing up their teeth. So you eat it for them. <laughs> okay. So, and then, and then right after that, you've got Thanksgiving. And then after that, you've got all these company, like Christmas parties and everything else and all these get togethers. And then there's Christmas and then there's New Year's Eve. So guess what? It is not going to be, it's not an easy journey, you know, from here until January. So sitting there saying that I'll wait till January, put it like this, man. And I always, like the meme says to my, yeah, all these people who are talking about, you know, um, you know, I'm going to make, you know, it's, the, it's January 1st. You know, my New Year's goals are this, that, and the other. I'm going to lose this. Like, don't get all brand new. You were fat before January. <laughs> so don't, don't don't try to just try to work it all out within that first month then, man. So you've got time. Somebody, if you're breathing and you can hear, you listen to the show, that means you have time. You can get started right now. Don't wait to that last second. These four months could, could really suck. <laughs> it's, it's really easy to put on an extra 10 to 20 pounds in these next four months. That's five pounds a month, man. That's not hard to do. It's not hard to do. It's a lot easier to put on five pounds a month and take off five pounds in a month. Yeah. So just keep that in mind. I mean, I'm, I'm unaffected. And none, none of these things mean anything to me. It's just because I'm unaffected by it. I'm unaffected by Christmas. I'm not going to any Christmas parties. <laughs> you know, so I'm not eating junk food there. You know, <laughs> Halloween, I don't have kids. You know, I don't have a bunch. Of, I, I have candy for the kids in my neighborhood when they come over. And whatever's left over, I throw away. I'm not eating that crap. <laughs> you know, that, so I mean, it's, <laughs> it's not like my dad who would go buy candy the day after Halloween because it's all oh, discounted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, let's go buy candy after Halloween. So everything's like eighty percent off because you got to get rid of all that excess inventory. <laughs> are you, I was like, are you gonna keep all that candy for a year? Are you serious? <laughs> like, what is that? like thanks Thanksgiving, I don't go back east anymore for Thanksgiving. So I mean, I'm I'm, un- I'm unaffected by all of these things. In other words, none of these things are gonna get in between me and what I'm trying to achieve. Is where I'm going. It's not. Something I have to resist. It's not something that pulls me like a magnet. 
I don't even notice half these things unless I, the only reason I even know Christmas is coming up because because you hear all that stupid ass music everywhere you go. You know, my, 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 the fact is, you know, when I'm sitting there and I'm going, I'm out and about, and I'm seeing billboards and signs in July talking about Halloween. And I'm like, okay, really? <laughs> when, when, when did it get like this? The fact that you're advertising Halloween in the middle of summer. I'm like, the last thing I want to think about is someone <laughs> being in a in a costume with all this heat. Right now, people just want to be naked. People really don't want to wear clothes. What are you talking about? It's time to go buy your costume now. Like, nobody wants to see that right now. And so it's, it's amazing. And, and all of a sudden, now you're going to hear, like, Christmas music in the next two weeks. I'm like, it's September. What the hell's wrong with you people? Why are you talking about Christmas? Well, I mean, just, just the bottom line is if you want right. to find excuses, they're not hard to find. There, there's always okay. going to be excuses for everything to prevent you trying to achieve anything you want to do, whether it's, I want to come out with a new pre-workout drink. Okay, there's going to be a million obstacles on the way. I mean, I'm dealing with those right now with my product. It's not going to stop me from releasing it. It's going to come out when it comes out. But there, there's always one barrier or another. It's, or I, I need to go work out today. Oh, but I got to get this done. And then you dwell on that. You waste time where you could have worked out, come back, gotten that done. So that there's always going to be an excuse. And people often say, even I mean, some of them are even valid, but there are still excuses. So no more excuses. So at this point, if you're still listening, you're using us as an excuse to not get started. So get turn off your damn phone. Get out of your little podcast app. Get to work. <laughs> Other than that, I mean, head over to Patreon.com. Go, go, <laughs> go buy some aggressive strength because the reason why you have so many excuses is because your testosterone is too low. If your testosterone <laughs> were higher, you wouldn't be bitching. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be acting like a little bitch with all your excuses. The, the real problem is your testosterone is too low. So when you go from 300 testosterone to 600, 700, you're going to find naturally that you, these excuses are not around anymore. You're, you're too busy crushing it. You're too busy having more sex, having better workouts, feeling better, being a better person, that going to Patreon and making a donation because now you understand the value of that. It's because your testosterone is low that you're not doing any of these things right now. So go ramp that up. <laughs> go listen right to now. some of those episodes with Dr. Mark Gordon, all these great episodes we've done. One one uh, one testimonial we got on our review on iTunes was really heartening because it was from a guy who is dealing with cancer who said that the episode with Thomas Inkledon talking about how to natural alternatives for cancer treatment, and he actually went and started working with Dr. Inkledon, has helped him immensely, where he actually feels great even though he's dealing with cancer right now. Nice. So that's nice to see. This. I mean, that episode should be anyone, everyone, that episode should have a million downloads. I mean, come on, man. Everyone's fucking talking about cancer and how we all, we all, we've all lost people to cancer. Fine. We, we found a guy who is successfully treating people with cancer, not using traditional methods, with a high level of success. That episode should be front page news. So, I mean, you should share it with everyone you know. I keep that kind of stuff in my back pocket. Hopefully, you never need that information, right? But you need to have a strategy in place. If you go to the doctor and you get diagnosed with cancer, the first thing you should do is, call up Thomas Inkledon or someone like that and get into action right away rather than going, okay, let me go into research mode for the next three months. By the time you've done that, the cancer has become aggressive and now you have no choice but to do what, what typical oncology people are telling you to do. So you need to have these kind of strategies in your back pocket so that if it ever happens to you or a loved one, you know exactly what to do and you can do it quickly. Hey, you folks can go over there and leave your reviews as well. Let us know how this, how this show is impacting you. Even if it's just like it motivates you to get off your ass. <laughs> Tomorrow, we'll take that. Get off your ass and go do it. And on that note, we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Take care, everybody. Take care.